Are you going no headphones? No, I'm going to put them on here in a second. Oh, I got to have headphones to hear myself sing because I'll be singing. Oh, really? <laughs> Can't have an episode about Aerosmith and not be singing. Living on the edge. This is going to be a good one. Yeah, if you're one of those people that uh, sends uh, messages saying stop singing, you might want to turn this episode go off. Go ahead and shut this one Just off. Just go ahead and <laughs> skip this one. I bet this is a pretty big karaoke band. What do you want to bet? Oh, definitely. But what song would people cover? I wonder what uh, is the most popular. Obviously, the worst one to pick would be Walk This Way. I bet a ton of people think they can throw down on that one and find out real fast they can. No. Because it's just lightning fast gibberish. I don't know. That would be a tough one. What would you possibly think that you could sing like this? I think a lot of people could sing like this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Probably everyone who's been a contestant on The Voice is a better vocalist than Steven Tyler. Maybe that's why he gives them all such, you know, those like happy that's little Amer- happy American little, Idol, dude. You gotta oh, get your shit. Yeah, I forgot. Gotta get your American entertainment straight. Legitimately, don't know the difference. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if <laughs> there is one. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not even trying to be an asshole. That's like, oh, I don't know. I'm too cool <laughs> for that. No, I just actually don't know. I don't know. I don't know the format. I don't know how it works. Maybe they'll have us on someday. I hope to be not. actual critics of the people that are singing. I don't make people cry on tv dude it's more fun on the internet <laughs> remember that time that he made uh someone that we know cry i wanted to get that person on this show to tell that story yeah. if that person is listening to this episode or it gets back to that person by any chance if you would like to come on the podcast at some point and tell the story we can do it in an addendum i would do that for sure mm-hmm Uh, I did want to start things off by saying it was only recently that I had an opportunity to spend more than like a day at a time in the city of Boston. I did get to spend a few days there recently. I liked it quite a lot. So no offense to Boston before we get started here. you are willing to forgive the city of Boston for allowing the band Aerosmith to exist for 50 years. Honestly, I feel like we're doing this for a lot of people who are in Boston. i bet there are a lot of people in Boston who are done with this band. Remember when we talked about Bon Jovi and the rest of the country, everyone thinks everyone from Jersey loves Bon Jovi. That's because they know people who used to live in New Jersey and don't live there anymore. Yeah. They still like Bon Jovi because it reminds them of home, but everyone in New Jersey fucking hates that shit. Aerosmith is probably on this side of the nineties. Come on, man. How much bullshit could you possibly forgive? There are definitely bands that are synonymous, like if you're from a city where there's not a whole lot going on except, I mean, Boston at least has other stuff going on. So they're not just gonna be known for Aerosmith. Although there might've been probably a couple decades that actually might have been true because they were so freaking huge. There's also beer and racism, I think. Yeah, definitely a lot of that. But I I don't know. Do you go to Tampa and be like, oh my God, everyone here listens to Cannibal Corpse? I don't go to Tampa, first of all, so. <laughs> it's a cool place. Probably as cool as Boston. I'll probably not ever go back to Florida if I have my say, That's, unless we're getting paid a lot of money to do it. You never know. You never know. We are unavailable for bookings. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. So the thing about Boston, being there, I understood why so many stand-up comedians come from Boston. You understood why there was something wrong in the world today? I understood why so many damaged people come from the city of Boston and need to get up on a stage and yell into a microphone and yeah. make everyone pay attention to what they think about things. It's kind of like uh, everyone there is just like living on the edge. You really have to... People joke about drivers in New York or Chicago being aggressive. You don't have anything on the city of Boston. Because the thing about Boston is it's one of the oldest cities in America. 
they definitely made this city before they had the whole let's make a city thing down. None of the roads make any sense. They definitely need to get a grip. It's a lot. You got to pump the brakes sometimes just because someone is driving so aggressively because they have to or else you won't let them in because you aren't even sure if you're still on the same road that you were on five seconds ago because it's all crooked and circles and streets that only exist for two blocks. And well, I don't know what to tell you, Tyler. Dream on. I think this podcast is making me dumber. (laughs) (laughs) Are you crazy? There's no way you could listen to an hour of Aerosmith and not come out the other side noticeably dumber than you were before, right? Yeah, sure. Definitely takes your uh, IQ down a notch. It sucks. I don't want to be dumber. I want to be a smart person. One of the criticisms people always have of podcasts, not this one, but other bad podcasts, They say it just sounds like a couple people reading the Wikipedia article of whatever they're talking about, Mm -hmm. which is funny to me because if I was a smart person, if this podcast hadn't made me so much dumber, I probably would have done that. But I did go look at Aerosmith's Wikipedia and all I could think was there's no way I'm going to read all of this. Yeah, no way. It's so much. It's like a Lord of the Rings saga about dudes who like sex addicts on drugs. That's all it is. It's like, I definitely don't want to miss a thing, but I don't want to read through the whole entire Wikipedia page. It is a novel. This is definitely a band that when we go to do the research, I think to myself, oh God, I could probably spend a week of my entire life doing nothing but watching all the documentaries, all the makings of, and read all the 1500 books I'm sure that there are about this band. I just can't bring myself to do it. So I just rely on YouTube for expanding my um, knowledge of the band. I didn't do any of those things and I don't have to. It is shocking how much material I have in my notes right now for this episode. I just sat down and went and it's all there because of how bleedingly familiar every American is with the music of Aerosmith. It's unavoidable. It is. There's just no way I have room in my memory for any more information about this band and all the important stuff that I already have in my memory. Like for me to learn more dumb shit about Aerosmith, I would have to forget something I probably need to know. The thing about Aerosmith is no matter what decade you're in, they have songs to listen to. There's songs from the 70s, there's songs from the 80s, there's songs from the 90s. And past, yeah. And they're all different. Which Aerosmith are we going to make fun of? All of them. Like, which one? Are we going to do, like, an episode for every decade they've been a band? Oh, this podcast just got renamed Your Favorite Aerosmith Album Sucks. Most episodes of this show, I feel like we're doing something very important here. Some episodes, I feel like the band is so terrible, I can't believe anyone even wants to listen to someone else talk about that band, you know? Mm -hmm. Aerosmith is a band like that. This is maybe one of the five worst bands. I think you're jaded. I think it's important to point out the Black Crows are Aerosmith's fault. Pretty sure Jane's Addiction is Aerosmith's fault. There's a long list of really terrible bands. Anthony Kiedis is for sure Steven Tyler's fault. Anthony Kiedis might be Steven Tyler's son. Yeah, (laughs) never wear a shirt, huge mouths. All of this is the Rolling Stones' fault. Clive Davis signed Aerosmith after Aerosmith found out that Clive was going to be at this club to see another band that was playing that night. And Aerosmith paid money to the venue to be added to the bill so that they could play in front of Clive Davis. A little pay to play action. 
Clive decided to sign them because he wanted them to be the American Rolling Stones, even though he was worried that Steven Tyler copied Mick Jagger too much. Mm. So there you go. Mm. Mm, if anyone's mm, ever mm. wondered, mm, it's so unfair. Why does everyone always compare Steven Tyler to Mick Jagger? Well, you never would have heard of Steven Tyler if a very important person didn't do that exact thing. How could anybody even actually think that for a second, though? If, like, you've, if you've never ever, seen Mick Jagger. I was going to say, yeah. if you were completely ignorant of Mick Jagger's existence, but, oh, well, in all fairness to Steven, he did put a scarf on he his. Put a scarf on He's it, He's got a scarf on it. <laughs> Just gonna put a scarf you know, on that shit. No one will know. It look, it's considerably different, I guess, and unique in its own way. It's a pure copy. Well, I don't think it's a pure copy. Have you ever seen the movie Multiplicity by any chance? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Michael Keaton, he plays himself a hundred times. A really busy architect or engineer or something like that. He built houses. I don't, I don't know. And he's real busy. And his wife wants to fuck him sometimes. And just there's all this crazy shit going down. So when this scientist comes to him and says, <laughs> hey, we can clone you. Classic. Michael Keaton does it. The whole Calvin and Hobbes situation. I'll get a clone and have the clone do all the work. And it goes great until the clone gets stressed out about how he's busy. Goes back to the scientist, has himself cloned again. Repeat, I don't know, is this like five, six, seven, eight times something in this uh -huh. movie? Eventually, the further away they get from the original Michael Keaton, these clones get more and more screwy. Until the last one is just a total wacko. There's a montage where it shows them all getting ready for the day. They're all in the sink shaving. And this one, they took his razor blade out because he's trying to like shave his fucking tongue with shaving cream all over it. Like that kind of weird. Mm -hmm. That's Aerosmith. He's, <laughs> like, yeah. Steven Tyler is the eighth one. Dude, look at his <laughs> look at his fucking face, man. He's yeah. like the wacky, zany Mick Jagger guy. Yeah. It's like someone took Mick Jagger and made him out of uh, what you call like Laffy Taffy. Yes. You know what I mean? Like they sculpted Mick Jagger's face it's for a Laffy Taffy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, but brought it to life. He looks like someone left a Mick Jagger wax museum statue out in the sun too long. Yeah, it just kind of melted and got kind of gooey. So then they tried to like put their mom's makeup on it and pretend yeah. it was Rosanna Arquette. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's got the scarf. Really separates him a lot. Makes him totally different. Totally different guy. But the same thing goes for Joe Perry. Like, Joe Perry looks like Jimmy Page wax museum statue. Got left out in the mm -hmm. sun too long. It's the same thing with Aerosmith's music. They sound like the shitty melted wax statue version. You left your Led Zeppelin CD out in the sun too long. Like, you put it up on your dash, you know? And then it melted just a little. And you put it in, it's a little warped. And boom, it's Aerosmith. That is a great point. People call this band a copy of the Rolling Stones musically, too. Those are people who are just looking at pictures and saying shit based on that. Yeah, dude looks like Jagger. But musically, Aerosmith started off like every other hard rock band. They just wanted to be Led Zeppelin. It's like if you took a Led Zeppelin Shreds video and then it actually was just an Aerosmith song. Yeah. That's what Aerosmith is. Led Zeppelin Shreds embodiment. Then if you ever look up any footage of Aerosmith performing live, that's like an Aerosmith Shreds video, even though it's the band just trying to play their own song. When I looked at their Wikipedia, because I did, I was kind of actually shocked at how little they toured. Now it's all making sense going back and watching all the Aerosmith live stuff. Yeah, it's not good. That maybe they didn't tour that much because they really didn't. They want to keep that shit under wraps. Like compared to so many other bands that toured, especially when they were younger, they still didn't tour a lot even when they were in the 70s compared to a lot of other bands. Maybe it's because they really genuinely sucked live. They did. Every video I watched was trash. One of the reasons it's very funny that Aerosmith did just sound like a melted wax statue version of Led Zeppelin is... uh. That kid from Greta Van Fleet. Mm -hmm. 
he likes to act as if he doesn't really care about Led Zeppelin's music that much. And he also says that Aerosmith is their biggest influence, <laughs> which is so funny. It's perfect. I think it's kind of trolling everyone. I think it's trolling Aerosmith too, because Aerosmith is going to be like, fuck, these guys are way better than us though. They're influenced by us? Are yeah. you sure? Because it sounds like they decided to be the band we thought we were going to be. <laughs> right. Turns out Steven can't quite sing that good. You can't really just call Aerosmith a lesser version of one band or another, though, because the truth is they were trying very hard to sound like whatever was popular at the time. If you look at the big hard rock albums that came out five years before whatever people think are the classic Aerosmith albums, you're talking about Led Zeppelin, Black Sabbath, Todd Rundgren, every band that's now played on classic rock radio. They list these bands in their like inspirations. Yeah. That's what's funny. Inspirations. Yeah, quote unquote inspirations. I mean, Jack Douglas, the producer of all those classic era, I'm doing air quotes, albums, uh, he was the producer of the New York Dolls, who are the band that everyone wants Aerosmith to be. But then go look at whatever the poppiest version of rock was in those years, because it's not just the hard rock bands. If you don't hear Elton John in 80% of the Aerosmith songs with a piano in them, mm -hmm. you need a new set of ears. I'm talking all the way back to Dream On, too. Dream On sounds like a band trying to sound like Elton John. Dream On doesn't even sound like Aerosmith. No. It doesn't sound like anything else that they did. Not one other song sounds like that. And no. I know that the band changed significantly every decade to fit in whatever was popular in the decade. Aerosmith's like a much less talented queen in that regard. I'm sure there are songs that people have heard many times in their lives that they don't realize are Aerosmith songs. Like Back in the Saddle is a song probably most people don't know is Aerosmith. The first album is kind of weird because Steven says that he got in the studio and got self-conscious and insecure about his real singing voice. So he didn't use it on almost the whole album, except mm -hmm. for the very last song. When someone was like, well, why'd you do that? He's like, well, no one stopped me. <laughs> like, yeah. That goes on to be the song that wedges in everyone's psyche. Well, it wasn't even that big of a hit, though. When it came out, it wasn't a huge thing. This band wasn't going to be this band just based on that song. Right. We'll get into it. But this band was definitely dying out when Run DMC pulled them out of the grave. Yeah. Dream On wasn't going to stop that. It was Run DMC that stopped that. It's weird, though, because... I feel like Dream On is such a uh, moment in the band's career, but not until like a decade later that people went back and listened to it. Oh shit, this is great. We're Wait. also talking after Eminem used it in a huge hit yeah, song. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It gets rekindled again and again and again. Now that we've sold a bunch of shirts, maybe people will start responding to them wearing our shirt. We get tagged in posts all the time, I see. Yeah, if you get a shirt at yfbspod.com. I want to hear the stories. Oh, I definitely want to hear some stories. I bet it's a lot of people laughing at the shirt. I bet when you're walking around in a shirt that says your favorite band sucks on it, you get a lot of people who aren't dumb as fuck going, that shirt's funny. I hope. It's a great conversation starter or ender. If you're a single person and you're someone that goes on dates, you should buy a shirt and wear it on a date. Mm -hmm. It's a great litmus test. Figure out right away, oh, this person I'm going on this date with, his favorite band is Weezer. Text your friend, hey, uh, can you call me in a minute and tell me that you really need my help? Get the fuck out of there. Yeah. So here's some trivia for you. Matt Pike from High on Fire hates the band Aerosmith. AV Club interviewed Matt Pike in 2013 
ostensibly about how much Matt hates the song Dude Looks Like a Lady. Mm -hmm. But that was kind of just an Aerosmith song that he picked that day because it looks like he might hate Aerosmith more than any other band. He hates Aerosmith so much that he calls the mute button on his stereo system the Aerosmith button. (laughs) Quote, I just have this weird thing with Aerosmith where I don't even care what people say about their old shit. I think they're the crappiest, most overrated shit band of all time, and I fucking can't stand them, end quote. Later in the interview, quote, I love Motley Crue because they're fucking ten times the band that Aerosmith is, end quote. Quote, the simpletons of society have just eaten it up and made them as big as they are. They're just encouraging them to make bad music over and over again. That band hasn't done anything since the 70s. And in the 70s, which was their most redeeming era, they still fucking sucked. (laughs) Two good tracks that just won everybody over and the rest of their career has been a hot heaping pile of dog shit. End quote. Well, Matt, thanks for writing this episode for us. That's literally the outline for this episode. Yeah, that's perfect. Because that's exactly the summation of everything that I believe about this band. I believe the band legitimately, musically wrote a couple songs that really people latched onto. Then the 80s come around, all of the musical taste change. We're going to reinvent the band. Here we are all over again. Basically, it's a new band. Same dudes, new thing. Boom, walk this way. I would bet that the two songs Matt is talking about there from the old days are probably Sweet Emotion and Dream On. I would assume so. We'll come back to those songs in a minute. But did you know that Aerosmith actually took Motley Crue out on tour as an opening act one time? Mm-mm. Talk about getting blown off the stage every night, man. Yeah, that would, I mean, that's like, it gotta be a decision that you regret four shows in. You're like, oh God, this band is infinitely better than we are. We have made a mistake. Yes, they are better. Okay, separate the music for a second. You might say to yourself, oh, Motley Crue is trash too, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. Let's just mute their live shows and put them side by side. If these are both what people call quote unquote hard rock bands, which I take offense to anyways, but let's just say that's what you call them. They're in the same genre. Let's put their shows side by side and mute it and tell me which show you want to go to. You are going to go to Motley Crue every fucking time unless you were a boring piece of shit. Then maybe you'll go to Aerosmith because you're dull. I'll go to Motley Crue twice a week. Dude, I would go to Motley Crue every day. If you were the poor schmuck that was like, I feel like back then people did this. I don't know if they do it still, but like they follow the band. Well, I'm going to follow Aerosmith on tour. By the end of that tour, you are a Motley Crue fan and you're burning your Aerosmith CDs or LPs or whatever you had at the time. I think you're right. This is the truth. Aerosmith also had Guns N' Roses as an opening band. Again, let's do the same thing. You're going to go and you're going to fucking mute the shows. Which show do you want to watch? Yeah. Guns N' Roses 100% of the time. Aerosmith has shared bills with Van Halen. These guys are masochists, right? (laughs) At this point, they absolutely hate themselves. Maybe they're just trying to make sure that everyone who bought a ticket sees a good band that night. You have to think they went out front to the sound booth or went out and watched. Oh, yeah. Turn them off. Absolutely. (laughs) We're like, turn off the sound. System. What did we do? The next show, they're like, Molly Crew, you can't have any lights tonight. The stadium lights on the whole time or something, you know? They started changing the rules. Megadeth was taken out on tour by Aerosmith, but Aerosmith kicked them off the tour. This is actually maybe the only cool thing Dave Mustaine has ever done. I guess Megadeth were playing their set one of these shows, and someone in the crowd threw an Aerosmith t shirt on stage. Dave used the shirt to blow his nose. (laughs) 
Fuck yeah, Megadeth forever. <laughs> so then they got kicked <laughs> off the tour. And look, I bet half the bands we just talked about, if not all of them, would call Aerosmith an influence. But I don't really give a shit. Okay, at some point, a member of Slayer would say the Beatles were an influence. Doesn't mean that you sound or, you know what I mean? Like, it's just a blanket thing that people say. It doesn't mean shit. Okay, you liked it. Also, the people who say, well, you had to be there. Like, if you were there in the 70s, you would have been listening to Aerosmith like everyone. Sure. Maybe, maybe, but you know what else is true about me is when better stuff comes along, I ditch the bullshit for the better stuff. Yeah. And if you had to be there is your ultimate argument, then you should probably shut the fuck up about it to everyone who wasn't there. If you're telling me I had to be there to get it, I'm never going to get it unless you got a time machine in your pocket. That is the most okay boomer thing that anyone could possibly say but also what do hardcore aerosmith fans what did they think when walk this way came out you know what i mean like oh we'll get there what was yeah. the reaction of a quote-unquote hardcore aerosmith fan coming out of the 70s I bet a lot of them were like why are they doing this rap bullshit yeah because that's probably what most of them thought about rap at the time i would assume they were not fans if you're basically what you would be like 100 at this point no aerosmith tattoos still look good no let's put it that way definitely not and there's probably a lot of lower back ones people who tell you that you had to be there are also the first people to tell you to go back and listen to the band's old stuff which i know is one of your favorite things oh yeah that's my favorite thing in the whole entire world yeah you just gotta go back and listen to Dude, you have to listen to the first record. Fleetwood Mac and Journey and Aerosmith, they're all terrible now, but you got to get into the old stuff. It's great. Well, no, I did listen to the first record. That's the whole fucking point. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm saying what I'm saying. Do you think I would sit here and say this shit if I didn't listen to the whole thing? Of course I listened to it. I've heard every Aerosmith album because Aerosmith fans exist. There are a ton of them. And yeah. if you hang out with people who listen to guitars, you're probably going to hear every Aerosmith album. A ton of them is an understatement. It's fucking band is huge. But how's this for a theory? Good bands get better the longer they're a band. How about if your favorite band got worse the longer they were a band? They're not a good band. Aerosmith objectively got worse every decade. No one could argue that they didn't get worse. Everything about it got worse. If you were a fan of Aerosmith in the 70s, you hate Aerosmith in the 90s. You definitely hate Aerosmith in the 2000s. My God, you absolutely hate this band by that point in your life. Also, that doesn't mean that the old stuff is good. Just because all the other stuff is so clearly worse. Obviously, the old stuff looks good by comparison. Right. It's not actually good music. Just because this was the soundtrack to your first finger bang sessions, doesn't mean it's great music. Yeah, no shit. Pink should destroy any of your... If oh, you listen yeah. to that song... Anyone who does make this argument, the old stuff was good. Well, how much of the old stuff is there versus the new stuff? Because if we put it on a scale, this band definitely still sucks, bro. I'm a believer that when a band puts out an atrocious group of songs, that should delete any nostalgia or thing that you're holding on to about the greatness of this band. Evaporate it in a second. You should think to yourself, oh my God... This band that I've put on this pedestal is a farce. And if you're a fan of Aerosmith, you have to say that you're a fan of Aerosmith. You don't just get to pick and choose. I would love to see the numbers on how many Aerosmith tattoos have been covered up. Because yeah. I bet it's a lot. I bet a lot of people got Aerosmith tattoos in the 70s and those tattoos got covered up in the 80s. You got to be able to upgrade when better music comes along 
or you're just carrying all this bullshit along with you for no reason. You know, just because you listened to something then doesn't mean you have to listen to something now. Mm -hmm. Just because you liked something then doesn't mean you have to like something now. And that weird feeling, the physical sensation you get in your stomach when you're trying to defend some shit that you liked when you were young, Mm. that's the real you trying to escape, burst forth from your chest. Evolve. Let yourself become a better person with better taste. It's possible. The band that comes to mind the most of all the bands that we've done is Sublime. Oh, yeah. You've got to let go of who you are if that's your favorite band. You've got to grow the fuck up. You have to at least see the word in my head compartmentalize yeah 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 do that with the band and be like i can acknowledge that this was a moment in my life that this made sense you're allowed to do that every day right 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 you should try to do that you can acknowledge the ridiculousness of how you were when you loved aerosmith in 1976 now i'm thinking about stuff that i used to listen to but i just had great taste pretty much my whole life i listened to buck cherry when i was the age that people listened to that old aerosmith stuff back in the 70s now i would so much rather listen to buck cherry than listen to aerosmith Aerosmith. And I think if you're a fan of Aerosmith or ever were a fan of Aerosmith and you don't feel the same way about that, then you have shitty taste is what it comes down to. And you're just not letting go. Cause I think objectively Buck Cherry are a better band. If you took Buck Cherry and sent them back to the seventies, everyone who's mad at me now for saying that Buck Cherry is better than Aerosmith mm-hmm. would have Buck Cherry tattoos. A thousand percent. If you could send Buck Cherry back in time, put them on every show that Aerosmith played as an opening band even, everyone's walking out of that venue talking about Buck Cherry. That's true. We can make this fair to Aerosmith. We'll send them back in time too to play on all the shows with all the bands that they said were their main influences. And you're never going to hear of Aerosmith if you do that. I think people get confused about the timelines of this stuff. We've talked about this a lot in recent episodes, I think, they don't see how much of a difference it makes that this shit happened 15 years after all the bands they're calling their influences. Mm -hmm. Listen to the Yardbirds train kept a rolling, then come listen to Aerosmith. (laughs) But we'll send Aerosmith back in time to be on bills with the Yardbirds and we'll see who fucking remembers what band, All right, Please. (laughs) See what shit rises to the top. Every Aerosmith song I've ever heard sounds like a band playing a high school prom in whatever era it would make sense for the band that sounds like that to be playing a high school prom but they're only playing that prom because they're the only band in a small town that quality of a prom band or a very bad bar band they're like a shitty cover band version of themselves crying sounds like a 50s pop song but played shittily with shitty sounding guitars and shitty singing and why are there horns why is there a horn section on the song crying i don't know There are horns on a lot of Aerosmith songs, by the way. Ragdoll has horns on it. Dude looks like a lady has a shitload of horns on it. It sounds like these guys want to be Robert Palmer. I I was going to say Robert Palmer or uh, Huey Lewis of the News or something like that. Yes, yes. Some heavy Huey Lewis undertones. Those are some mid-period songs I just named. This goes all the way back to Mama Kin. But I mean, honestly, if Aerosmith toured with a marching band playing behind them, I'd probably go see that on Mushrooms. Not going to (laughs) lie. On Mushrooms. (laughs) Yeah, that would be pretty fun. If we did the mute them versus Motley Crue test, I would maybe see Aerosmith one night a week. But only on Mushrooms. Yeah. Only tripping balls. I'm thinking also like a 300-piece marching band here, not like a bullshit 10-piece. I want a big one. Parade. They definitely, as a band, have fallen into that trap of the only way to actually recreate pretty much any of these songs 
is by having 10 more people on stage to make it doable. If it's just the band with nobody else, no backing tracks. I think they do tour with supplemental musicians now. I think they have a dude who plays keyboard and sings. They may have background vocalists. Like pretty they, sure. They really need 20 people on stage to recreate this stuff. Or they could replace everyone on stage. Gotta be at least 10 Aerosmith tribute bands out there. You could send them back in time, put them on a bill with Aerosmith. They could play the same fucking set back to back. All those tribute you band guys are getting record deals. Definitely. It's never going to be Aerosmith, not one time. Do you think it would be weird if you were in an Aerosmith cover band? You realize one time, like after one of your shows, you're like, holy shit, I think we, are, I think we actually do this better. Hey gang, it's Tyler breaking in here. We wanted to commemorate our Beethoven episode with a little something special. So go to shop.yfbspod.com to pre-order our newest t-shirt. It's terrible. I designed it myself. They always sucked live. Always. Any point in this band's history. I legitimately looked. I just searched Aerosmith Live on YouTube and watched probably 15 videos across every decade. It, I can't even say that it gets worse. It just stays bad. It stays worse. That's the band they really are. In that Woodstock Live, this is 94. It literally sounds like a joke. It sounds as if somebody has edited his finger-picking guitar bullshit in a joking way, only it's not a joke. It's real, it's really him. Joe Perry plays guitar like Slash got so drunk he forgot if he was right or left-handed. It's actually really bad. It sounds like a high school kid learning how to play guitar. If they come together a cover, we're probably not gonna play a clip of it because who gives a shit really, but if you care, go listen to this. They're playing outside, it sounds like bugs are flying down Steven Tyler's throat while he's trying to sing this yeah. song. It's fucking rough he definitely can't sing at that point in the 90s he definitely wasn't either a taking care of his voice or just maybe never really could quite hit those notes i do believe that matt pike and i agree that sweet emotion is obviously this band's best song but even then that song is ridiculous if you spend more than 30 seconds thinking about that song it all falls apart i think steven tyler literally thinks getting an erection is having an emotion <laughs> <laughs> Such sweet emotion. Wink, wink. There's nothing in this song that's about emotion on any level. In fact, it's sort of actively anti-emotion. It's basically a rewrite of Freebird. Leonard Skinner, another band that was highly influential on Aerosmith, of course. Maybe also in their vibe too, like live vibe. Like, oh, it's all kind of coming together now. So the first verse of Sweet Emotion is about how you shouldn't fall in love with him because he's a rambler, baby. The second verse is about how a lady who looks like a dude lied when she said that Steven can't fuck good. He'll fuck you in the dressing room real good right now if you don't believe him. Third verse is about how you're never going to lock him down as long as he doesn't get you pregnant. I'm not making this up. Mm -hmm. That line about the rabbit done died is a reference to old school pregnancy tests. I didn't get her pregnant, so fuck her. Never going <laughs> to talk to her again. <laughs> the fourth verse goes back again. He'll totally take you backstage and fuck you right now. Mm, mm. And this is a song that there's no way Aerosmith has ever been able to reproduce it live. Maybe with five backup singers and 10 other people on stage, an orchestra. No, even then though, the reason why I say reproduce is because that's what it is. It's just a production. As a general rule, if sugar packets are one of the instruments on a song, then you're never going to hear that song performed live. Anything like it is on the record. And when something is this produced, the only thing that matters is the producer. He's the only name that matters. The rest of the shit is fiction. 
he created this fictional world where this song exists. You give two or three of these riffs to Jack Douglas and any other rock band, I'd love to see what happens. I want to hear the uh, opera version of that. Sweet emotion. If you want to hear some really funny shit, go listen to the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones cover Sweet Emotion. I can't. No, you played that for like 30 seconds. I'm good. I think it's very funny. They play the intro at half speed, maybe slower, and then the rest of the song is in double time. They're very, I don't know, intense about it. They're kind of yelling. Yeah, it's really not. It's bad. It's not. It's bad. Matt Pike said two good songs. I'd guess that the other one, again, is probably Dream On. Mm -hmm. I would rather listen to nothing for the rest of my life but the band from Almost Famous than listen to Dream On ever again. Dream On! Dream On! I couldn't even do it. There's no way Steven Tyler didn't sit down to write the lyrics of Dream On and say, okay, what would Robert Plant do? How do I sign <laughs> exactly like Robert on this? How many times do you think he did that? How many takes are comped together right there to make it's that? It's such a weird thing that people... It's not a musical sound that he makes with his voice there. That really high note that he hits and everyone makes a huge deal out of it. It's not, there's not a lot of emotion in that sound. It's just a fucking screeching yeah, I was gonna sound. Say, it's just squealing out the note. It's not like he's like a, a tear is running down his face when he does it because he's singing such depth and emotion. This doesn't affect me for the same reason that opera doesn't affect most American music fans because they don't speak the language that the opera's in. You're not there watching it. You're not yeah. seeing the actor. It's built to play to a room full of people sitting there watching it. So you're supposed to be like, wow, that's a really upsetting noise that I'm hearing right now. Did you find any, I watched, I mean, at least a handful of them and I always clicked on Dream On. I never saw one that he could actually sing at. Any of the ones that I saw where he got anywhere close looked like that he was lip syncing anyways. Right. MTV made one of those icons shows for Aerosmith where they bring a band that they're going to call icons and then they get a bunch of current bands of course, right, to right, cover right. that band's music in front of them. Metallica had one. Aerosmith had one. I actually felt bad for them because Pink and Papa Roach and Train are some examples of the kind of bands. Aerosmith had to sit there and watch these people butcher their material. Oh, Papa Roach's God. sweet emotion is not even funny how bad it is. <laughs> the bass player looks uh, like he was awake for three days trying to practice this bass riff. It looks like the only bass riff he knows how to play <laughs> is how hard he's concentrating trying to play this shit, which is the great thing about some of the bands in that new metal scene is you had good bands who were good musicians, but you also had guys, they're like only putting one finger on those guitars. I think I can do that. Yes. You know, that's what these guys think. And then they go for it. Papa Roach is that band. It's not good. Boston did it at double time. Papa Roach can't even play it as fast as Aerosmith does. They have to slow it down. That's the thing that's funny about those things though too is that they get bands that are popular in that moment because that's what makes sense, right? But my God, they're taking horrible bands, covering horrible bands. It would have been better to find the three best cover bands of Aerosmith, put them on stage, and then like, here's some people that actually love your music. I think so. And actually do what you do really well, maybe better. But instead, they got to do Papa Roach. And Train. And Train. When Train plays, I'm 85% sure that motherfucker had a tape for the high note in Dream On. 
He's got the microphone a full two feet away from his mouth. Yeah. He's acting like he's doing that thing where he's going to overpower the mic, but it's way too strong of a signal for him to have had that mic. I, don't, I just don't. Yeah. Not buying it. It didn't fade out as much as it should have. Aerosmith and their wives were already talking about how bored they were with Dream On in 1976. They were all sick of this song after three years. I don't know what's wrong with everyone in the year 2020 still acting like, yeah, but 70s Aerosmith, bro, is great. Not even 70s Aerosmith gave a shit about it, 70s Aerosmith. Here's the thing, too, is they put out a lot of records in the 70s. 73, 74, 75, 76, 77, and 79. This classic era. Dude, most bands wait at least two years put out an album at least sometimes longer well they were trying to get a hit yeah, i was gonna say <laughs> they were obvious. trying to make something that worked and they kept putting out shit that no one really cared about if you go look up aerosmith's profile in cream magazine from 1976 it's very ridiculous at one point they leave the hotel they're staying in and check into another hotel just because the first hotel didn't have room service mm-hmm. we can't go out and eat in public anymore joe perry has a hilarious quote in this article Quote, you know, money really changes things. Sure, I liked buying things. I got into it. But you can't let it determine the music you play. End quote. This guy would hate the band that he's in right now, right? Right, yes, 100%. If you show the band he's in right now to that guy who said that in that moment, he might have split right there. (laughs) He just explodes. You're welcome for listening to your favorite band sucks. Surprising literally no one, as Mark guessed in the recording session, this band is too terrible for one episode. So please, walk this way to yfbspod.com, get a link to part one of Aerosmith Sucks, and share it everywhere you can. Nothing brings people together like hating Steven Tyler, which is a whole lot of what we're gonna do in part two. Honestly, the only thing I could think of that brings people together more than hating Aerosmith is spotting another fan of the podcast in the wild. So hit up shop.yfbspod.com for all your merchandise needs. We can help you get a sticker on your car, a magnet on your fridge. I think we have coffee cups for all you wine drinkers out there. And of course, the loveliest of t-shirts. All right, if you don't know who Matt Pike is, 